Blog Talk Radio. Eight votes can make a difference, as I know. 
considering Hamlin is just a small community in the 6,000-person Audubon County, this small turnout is at least somewhat understandable. So there. Anyway. So if somebody shows up at your campaign stop, well, don't feel too bad about it. it. Happens to everybody. Huh. Yeah. Well, that was good news. Let's see. Well, let's put tomorrow. This way. Uh, Joe Rogan and NASA physicists were living in the matrix. Joe Rogan.
Oh, there we go. Whatever he was, he was a schmo. And Texas, Ted Cruz. Yeah, this guy is such a brilliant guy, you know. Amazing. Yeah. He said that, I don't uh, know how the where the Republicans found these people. I don't know. Either. I think I think they they put out a into the universe. Send us the worst people, and they all appeared. And Those are the guys it. running for president. Texas floods are caused by Native American rain dances. He says. Sure. Ted Cruz. Uh, preceded by more than a week of heavy rain, a slow-moving storm system dropped tremendous precipitation across much of Texas and Oklahoma during the nights of March 24th and 26th, uh, triggering groundbreaking floods. 31 people were killed and 11 people remained missing. Uh, there has been great speculation as to the cause of these flash floods, and climate change must be the most prominent. But today, another was added to the bunch, and it was done so by none other than Senator Ted Cruz. In Texas radio, we interviewed this morning, with the topic turned to the recent devastating floods, and Senator Cruz was asked to speculate on their cause. This is what he had to say. These things happen, and people attribute it to God, but this is no work of God. This is something sinister. And there are obviously other forces at work, and they're put out great state. Uh, and they great put shot, our great. Blah, 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 blah. You're not reading it properly. I did. I did. They put our great state in shambles like in a very short space of time. Yeah. And as you know, scientists will blame it on climate change or mumbo-jumbo like that. But I know what's really going on. The heavy rain is obviously caused by Native Americans doing their rain dances and whatnot. And if we don't address the Native American issue better in this state, we'll be seeing further flooding in years to come. What a moron. In the interviewer, uh, uh, Hugh Myron Gaines, Asked him to Quite elaborate. startled at Cruz's response. Asked him to elaborate. Most people know I'm a very spiritual, God-fearing man. If you believe in the grace of God, you also have to believe in the other, what's opposite, what's against God's word. Native Americans have been practicing black magic for centuries, and there is no doubt there, there is no doubt their work. We need to think about the way we view Native Americans and their customs, and then maybe we can prevent future floods. Oh, my Isn't it stupid, or is he just plain stupid? Unsurprisingly, these remarks have drawn ire from the Native American community with organizations such as TNAC, Texas Native American Community, publicly condemning the statement. Whitefeather, the chief of the organization, issued a press statement about the incident. It is disgusting <laughs> and laughable at the same time that a U.S. senator would come out and say that Native American customs are the cause of disastrous of a disastrous flood. It is an insult to our heritage and all-out loony thing to say. The Native American community has suffered enough and does not need fanciful persecution from people in power. Whether Cruz's statement will have further political consequences remains to be seen. But one thing for certain, the Democrats will not leave him alone about this one. Well, he's an idiot. Maybe I'm just being uh, rational. Where do, you get, uh, where do these people come from? Uh, same place these idiots Scientists plan to block the sun with clouds. They're already doing that, but I guess there's a new plan now. Using man-made clouds. The planet is hot and getting hotter, but while most plans to use geoengineering to alter the weather have been rather hypothetical, now a pair of Harvard engineers have announced that they intend to spray thousands of tons of particles into the sky to block the sun's rays within the coming year. The pair plan to launch a balloon to ascend 80,000 feet over Fort Sumner, New Mexico, before pumping out tens of hundreds of kilograms of sulfate aerosols into the air. The idea is that the particles will reflect sunlight back into space, into space helping decrease the temperature of the Earth. In theory, they're replicating the effects they've observed as volcanoes spew out similar sulfates into the atmosphere and practice. Well, there is no practice because nobody's ever done it before. David Keith, one of the scientists, explained to The Guardian, the objective is not to alter the climate, but simply to probe the processes 
of a micro scale, the direct risk is very small. Yeah, right. But whenever, however confidently he says that in reality he doesn't know, it's hardly surprising then that the plan has its fair share of opposition. From scientists who believe that the experiment could have unpredictable and therefore quite possibly negative effects. Still, that doesn't seem to bother Keith or his partner James Anderson too much. In fact, they're keen to push forward on the project with the, and put it into action within the next 12 months. Well, the experiment may now harm the climate. Environment groups say that the global environment risks of solar engineering have been amply identified through modeling and the study of the impact of sulfuric dust emitted by volcanoes. Impacts include the potential for further damage to the ozone layer and disruption of rainfall, particularly in tropical and subtropical regions, proclaiming threat, potentially threatening the food supplies of billions of people. The Pat Mooney, director of the Canadian-based technology watchdog ETC Group. It will do nothing to decrease levels of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere or halt ocean uh, acidification. And solar engineering is likely to increase the risk of climate-related international conflict, given that the modeling to the date shows it poses greater risks to the global south. So, and it goes on. So, uh, just so you know, they're trying to do this to you, trying to throw more shit up in the air, okay? And, uh, yeah. So, anyway, I was so glad that we live here in the United States, right? Oh, yeah, so we because can see all I, these idiots? Well, not only that, I mean, so we can talk about them, but, in you know, in in, uh, in Saudi Arabia, you can't even talk about this stuff. Well, you can't even type about it. No, ten years and a thousand lashes just for blogging. Ten years and a thousand lashes for blogger uh, as Saudi barbarism rewarded for more U.K. arms sales. Imagine that. Yeah. They're beating the shit. They're cutting off guys' heads, beating them, beating them to death. thousand lashes for, for saying, uh, you know, for asking for freedom. Right? But uh, it says, the fact that Saudi Arabia is the world's largest buyer of U.K. weapons is a sign of the real hypocrisy of the heart of the UK foreign policy. Campaigners have called for a radical shift in Britain's relationship with Saudi Arabia, but the UK's biggest arms market, after the Saudi Supreme Court upheld their sentence of a thousand lashes and ten years in prison given to blogger uh, Raif Badawi. Um, the, pre- the previous UK uh, coalition government approved arms sales to Saudi Arabia are worth almost 4 billion uh, euros and are uh, 4 billion euros or pounds, uh, pounds. British made uh, tornado or typhoon jets have been used in airstrikes against Yemen and Britain is supporting a naval blockade the UN says is exacerbating the humanitarian disaster in one of the world's poorest countries Right. So British is Saudi, Ara- Saudi Arabia genocide. will potentially be an even more lucrative market for UK weapons in light of its decision yeah. reported last week. Speaking from Canada, Badawi's wife, Ensar Hader, said she feared his punishment would start again on Friday after the rooting ruling. Badawi received his first 50 lashes in January, but subsequent floggings have been postponed. The blogger was arrested in 2012 for insulting Islam through electronic channels. For four years, he ran the Liberal Saudi Network, which encouraged online debate about religion and political issues. Andrew Smith of Campaign Against Arms Trade said the human rights situation in Saudi Arabia is dire. The fact that it is also the world's largest buyer of U.K. weapons is a sign of the real hypocrisy at the heart of the U.K. foreign policy. And that just goes on in the same thing. Gee, what a mess. So anyway, yeah. and uh, it's it's sad. I mean, they they're gonna they're gonna beat this guy some more. So yeah, they give him lashes with a whip. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I was here glad to hear this. The com- county in Oregon completely banned GMO crops, and here's why the matter, this matters for the environment. What do you think of that? I think it's good. On June 5th, Oregon-Jackson County uh, became the newest county in the U.S. to have an active ban on the growing 
of genetically modified organisms. And genetically engineered plant ordinance uh, went into effect following the partial dismissal of a lawsuit brought by a group of non-commercial alfalfa farmers on May 29th. The farmer, so, farmers rather, sought to overturn the GMO ban, viewing the uh, ordinance as a violation of their economic and legal rights. <clears throat> the ordinance restricts the cultivation of GMO plants. Mm -hmm. Its activation and lawsuits partial dismissal is good news for family farmers and environmental health and social activists who pushed for the ban. The grassroots-level ballot uh, measure cited the untested health effects of GMOs, the economic effects of mega-GMO seed companies on local organic farmers, and the unknown long-term environmental effects of GMOs as reason to support the country countywide there. The largely unexplored long-term effects that GMOs may have on agriculture, health, and environmental well-being among the greatest concerns raised by anti-GMO advocates and county band supporters. GMOs are often paired with significant levels of herbicides and pesticides, which have been linked to soil damage and decreasing levels of soil fertility. Human health is also a concern with some of these pesticides and herbicides. The most popular brand in the U.S., Monsanto's Roundup, have an active ingredient that probably causes cancer, according to the World Health Organization. Monsanto is responsible for the vast majority of GMO seed sales, allowing the company to create popular Roundup-ready seeds that resist the pesticide. This means that the pesticide can be liberally sprayed to exterminate weeds across fields while the crop survives. However, the more Roundup is used, the more resistant weeds become to its chemicals. Some farmers worry that this may be to the development of pesticide-immune superweeds and a greater level of codependence between farmers and pesticide producers. I think they've got a good concern there. Yeah, well, Monsanto vigorously denied the claims of environmental harm but environmental uh, health specialists and farmers raise concern, remain concerned. And uh, so just don't buy a Roundup, you know, and uh, boycott Monsanto products. That's the way to go. What do you think of that? Yep, I agree. Um, okay. Well, this is interesting because what makes it interesting is Lila and I have been debunking uh, 911 uh, official stories for the last uh, 10 years or more, what, you know, 12, 15 years. Yeah, well, you never uh, After we watched the Twin Towers all be, you know, nothing the government said was true, and we watched the inquiry yeah. and everything. Yeah. It's very difficult well, we to believe anything the government says about these but, things. But now, suddenly, David, Dr. Kevin Barrett, a U.S. scholar and founding member of the Scientific Panel for the Investigation of 911, has said that a serious investigation into the background of the 15 alleged Saudi 9-11 hijackers who were falsely blamed for the 9-11 inside job would open a huge can of worms. Well, speaking with Press TV, Dr. Barrett said, this missing document, these 28 pages, allegedly contained evidence of Saudi involvement in the financing and backing of the alleged 9-11 hackers. And those who have seen these pages, including former Florida Senator Bob Graham and other people in the Congress, have said that it completely transformed one viewpoint of One Biden, viewpoint, of yeah. 9 /11. Dr. Barrett made the remarks a day after Republican Senator William Paul joined a group of bipartisan House lawmakers to force the disclosure of pages extracted from the 2002 congressional inquiry into the September 11, 2001 attacks. He said the reason that the flat classified pages are still hidden from the American people in the world is that an investigation into the links revealed between the Saudi government and these TAPSIs will reveal that 19 hijackers were actually chained by the CIA in the United States. The political commentator and activist said the document utterly annihilates the official version and it reveals that 9-11 was not an attack by a rogue group of terrorists, but was actually a state-sponsored operation. So the real reason that this document is such a hot potato is that if an investigation genuinely tried to find out 
why these young, young, 19 young men who were falsely blamed for the crime of the century were being supported by the Salvi government, then that would lead to a detailed investigation of their backgrounds, and we would learn that these people are actually U.S. intelligence agents. They were not merely supported by the Saudi government. They were also supported by the FBI. They were living with an FBI informant. At times, they were getting money from the Saudis, and they were also in the U.S. on CIA snitch visas. These are the visas that CIA issues to people who spy for it in Saudi Arabia. It's part of the reward you get if you're you get paid if you're if you're Saudis and spied for the CIA. You get a free trip to America on a snitch visa. Dr. Garrett revealed. So the CIA bought the 15 brought the 15 Saudi hijackers to America, alleging alleged hijackers, I should say, on this these visas that proved that the 15 Saudis were actually CIA agents. That's just one of the facts that will emerge if there's a serious investigation into this, he added. We also learned that these alleged 19 hijackers were trained in secure, in, in secure U.S. military facilities during the run-up to 9-11, including Pensacola Naval Air Station and others. Dr. Barrett offers the example that Mohammed Atta by the person who posed Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Atta, who spoke fluent Hebrew, by the way, <laughs> was a regular at the officers' club at the Florida military base. So looking at the background of the Patsies who were falsely blamed for 9-11 inside job, the group, the Kudetah, by Zionist neocons, uh, with the uh, help of Israeli intelligence and treasonous elements in the United States military and political system, will reveal this huge can of worms, the American scholar underlined. It will be the scandal of the century. It will completely destabilize the United States by revealing that the top leaders in the United States are the worst sort of liars and traitors, he said. And frankly, many people in position of power here in the U.S., even those who are not at all complicit in the 9-11 coup d'etat, don't want to destabilize the country that much. And that's why there's been so much resistance to declassify these critical, important 28 pages. And there you go, folks. There you go. Yep. Mm. That explained it all. And, well, this was an interesting one that I, that I read tonight. Breaking judges' massive uh, ruling against Baltimore prosecutors. You know that, remember that one? Yeah, the, the girl, girl in Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Baltimore, uh, and she was the one that uh, was going to prosecute this thing. Let's see. Baltimore City Attorney Marilyn Mosby <coughs> had very little experience in criminal law before being elected to her current position, and it shows. Mosby had filed a motion of a gag order in the case against six police officers charged with the wrongdoing in the arrest of criminal, career criminal Freddie Gray, who died while in police custody. The circuit court judge has now rejected that motion, largely because Mosby made a rookie error by filing it with the wrong court. She filed it with the circuit court on May 14th, but the case was still under the jurisdiction of the lower court until May 21st. When asked if Mosby would refile the motion in the proper court, a spokeswoman Representing Mosby said, "We're not going to litigate this case in the media and discuss our trial strategy." She did uh, not, however, explain how answering the simple question would amount to doing either of those things. So your guess is pretty much as good as ours on this point. But she filed it in the wrong court. Oh dear! Yeah, Probably not qualified for the trial. No. Too bad. Too bad. Okay. Let's see. The S&P 500. Is approaching the zone of death. Pretty bizarre. I don't want to read that. You don't want to read that? No. Okay. I don't know what the zone of death is. Mm. Yeah, this is more of a. This is from Market Watch. Alright, trying to sell you other investments. Okay. So, I am so pleased. Bush-era law, I was really surprised, I said, Bush-era law could 
get you 20 years in prison for clearing your browser data history. That continues to be true? Yeah. It says, it says, it says. Huh. 20 years in prison for clearing your browser history. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In 2002, President George Bush signed, W. Bush signed the Sarbanes-Oxley Act into law following the Enron and Wolfgang scandals in part to prevent companies from internationally doctoring records or destroying documents when under federal investigation. It was designed for corporate accountability and ease investigation and prosecution of fraud. What has resulted from a particular provision in the law, however, amounts to such creative interpretation that it invites a guilty until proven innocent assumption that could penalize you with up to 20 years in prison for deleting your browser history. In fact, Section 802 of the law, often referred to as SOX, has been used successfully in prosecutions for that very reason. Amid a sea of controversy over the applicability of the law in matters of attorney-client privilege, Philip Russell, a lawyer from Connecticut, gave by agreeing to plead guilty to the SOX indictment of obstruction of justice uh, solely for destroying a client's computer with evidence of child pornography in 2007. Hmm. While facing possibility of 14 months in prison, Russell settled uh, despite a concern over precedent uh, since he didn't know his client was under federal investigation when he dismantled the computer. The legal community was shocked by his decision and felt that was an overreach of a law meant to hold corporations in check, not target individuals, and certainly not attorneys. Um, Russell's case was one of the many that opened an ostensibly ostensible Pandora's box of possible lines of prosecution under the Sarbanes-Oxley law. On the night of the Boston Marathon bombers, bombing former cab driver, I can't pronounce this guy's name, Matinov, um, went out to dinner with a few friends, uh, Tamerlan, Sarnayev, and brother, uh, and brother, Zakhar. Jokar. Jokar. Tanon had uh, immediately immigrated from Kazan, was so granted asylum, and had been enjoying an eventful, peaceful life. That is, until four days after the dinner, when he saw his friend's pictures on CNN enlisted as suspects in the attack. Believing he should be upfront about his association with the Tsarnaev, Matt Tanoff went to talk with local police and also agreed to be questioned by the FBI. He allegedly told a few lies during the interviews, including the number of times he viewed the brothers' pictures online before he came to the station. When he arrived at home, he deleted a few files and cleared the search history from his browser. The FBI proceeded to put him under a microscope 24 hours a day, even sending an <coughs> aircraft to circle his home at night, something the FAA was unable to divulge to Matinoff's perplexed and outraged neighbors at the time. Agents tailing him once called his lawyer to tell him to stop speeding. After more than a year had passed without any evidence that he was involved in the bombings in any way, he was arrested and charged with four counts of obstruction of justice. Three of the charges pertain to false statements given to the law enforcement, but the fourth was for destruction of any record, document, or tangible object as found in SOC, Section 802. Matinoff suddenly faced the possibility of 20 years in prison for deleting his own files and clearing his own search history. To avoid the possibility of such a lengthy imprisonment, he recently pled guilty to all four charges while maintaining his innocence to the judge. Still dumbfounded by everything that's happening, Matinoff said, the whole case is a mystery. The FBI is trying to ruin my life. That's what it sounds like. David Cornell is also well aware of this frightening overreach, his case set the precedent. While he was a student at University of Tennessee, he broke into Sarah Palin's email account, email account for which she was charged with a misdemeanor for unlawfully obtaining information from a protected computer. However, because he cleared his browser's cache from, after doing so, Cornell was also convicted of a felony under SOX for destroying evidence in a federal investigation. Despite not being informed about or even aware of the ongoing probes at the time he did so, 
In a benchmark decision, the court deemed that that belief that a federal investigation directed the defendant's compound conduct might begin at some point in the future, that's ridiculous, was enough to uphold the conviction. In other words, the government feels it has a right to your stuff. That's pretty sad. As, wait a minute, as Hanai Sakurori of the Electronic Frontier Foundation put it, don't even think about deleting anything that may be harmful to you because we may come after you at some point in the future for some unforeseen, unforeseen reason, and we want to be able to have access to that data, and if we don't have access to that data, we're going to slap an obstruction charge is a 20-year maximum on you. The digital age seems to have exposed the government's latent paranoia. Massive surveillance tactics apply to all Americans because if you might be guilty at some point, everyone must preserve all of their digital records because the government might want to examine them in the future. Just so far they will go remains unknown. Could you be prosecuted, as the nation points out, for installing a Firefox? for uninstalling Firefox, deleting a potentially incriminating tweet? What if you plan to sell your laptop and need to wipe the hard drive clean? The idea that you have to create a record of what you've gone or open all your cupboards all the time and leave your front door unlocked and available for law enforcement inspection at any time is not the country we have established for ourselves more than 200 years ago, Fucker reset. He's right, of course, if it appears the government would have a very much like for you to just go ahead and leave the light on, too. Oh, well, they want to be able to go back and indict you for if they don't like you. Oh, yeah. Ten stories the mainstream media ignored while obsessing over Caitlyn Jenner. Let's on Monday, the world stopped turning to focus on the recent debut of Caitlyn Jenner, the Olympic athlete formerly known as Bruce Jenner, the ex-husband of Chris Jenner and stepfather to Kim Kardashian, took a bold step in announcing her completed transition into a woman she always felt she was. Okay. Anyway, the thing that uh, all of that crap happened when she got all that attention, it blocked out. Uh, Rand Paul has received widespread uh, coverage for delaying the Patriot Act's renewal at the end of May. As a result of this filibuster and congressional inaction, the Patriot Act in its section 215, one of Van Asa's justifications for both ballot collection, expired. And uh, though it was lauded as a victory, this week the Senate pushed through the USA Freedom Act, selling it as a bill to respect the privacy of individuals, Americans. And actually, it renews and uh, arguably strengthens the government's surveillance apparatus. Yeah. On Tuesday, news broke out that the FBI had been conducting warrantless surveillance across the United States using a fleet of planes disguised as private aircraft. He was responsible for mysterious planes flying over the Baltimore protest in May and surveyed as many as 40,000 people in one flight over Anaheim, California. In similar news, it was revealed this week that a single local police department conducted over 300 warrantless searches using highly secretive and controversial stingray technology. This week, NBC was caught manipulating footage of a witness interviewed to make the police shooting of an Armand college student, Faraz Murad, seem less sinister to the audience. The death was one of nearly 400 police killings logged this year alone. In what appears to be good news, Congress moved this week to require police to report all killings and uses of force committed on duty. There has previously been no requirement and only 750 of 17,000 police departments in Ontario will report that holy cow. The law also requires report of police deaths uh, on duty that was already codified in the law passed in May, but nevertheless signifies a growing shift toward police accountability. The Department of Homeland Security investigation found that in 95% of the cases, the department failed to find weapons and mock explosives smuggled through airports. The TSA failed to find, yeah. Yeah. The DHS agents managed to sneak through 67 of 70 incidents without a hassle from the TSA. <laughs> the administration that claims that services are necessary to keep America safe. 
Yeah, right. All it does is hassle old people and babies. Yeah, number six is a high-valued Guantanamo detainee, Maud Khan. Majid Khan. Alleged this week that he was tortured by CIA agents and tactics worse was than previously revealed. Those Senate December torture report, um, those, yeah, detailed gruesome techniques, including forced rectal feeding and sleeping deprivation. Uh. Khan uh, claims he was sexually abused, hung nude from beams, and had his genitals dipped in ice water along. Oh, my God. Sick people. Yeah, these are our soldiers. In continuing unsettling patterns, three more stories came to light of bankers meeting their death. The executive American Express died mysteriously on an international flight, while another jumped off the 24th floor of his apartment building in an apparent drug-induced suicide. Another story released this week detailed that Goldman Sachs employee find dead in her car in April. They drew on a growing list of bankers whose lives have ended prematurely. In an all-too-common pattern, news surfaced uh, this week that local police in Palm Beach, Florida, engaged in illicit activity. An anti-media reported at least one minor and at least one sex worker were invited to a private party on a golf course that was held by members of the Palm Beach Sheriff's Department in 2012. Witnesses reported that members of the party were openly using cocaine and that people who attended and that the, the women that, that attended the party was uh, or that the woman who attended the party was walking around the golf course fully nude. The parallels the DEA's recent drug cartel-funded prostitute party scandal as well as a plethora of cases where police use use and sell illicit substances. Number nine, in a a once-in-a-century discovery, archaeologists in Russia discovered 2,400-year-old golden bombs. They contained trace amounts of opium and marijuana, suggesting, as the Palm Beach cop cocaine soiree does, that seeking altered states of consciousness is not a crime but human nature. The findings further prove a failed drug on wars to be futile and obsolete. And number 10, a declassified Pentagon report revealed this week that Western governments <laughs> helped create ISIS, well, we an infamous terrorist organization, according to the Defense Intelligence Agency report. U.S. and other Western governments allied themselves with al-Qaeda and other Islamic extremist groups to oust Syrian dictator Bashar Assad and they suspected that the consequence of this tactic would lead to the rise of an Islamic State. While Caitlyn Jenner's transition into femininity is a newsworthy and ultimately positive story, the the media's incessant focus on celebrity gossip leaves a vast majority of relevant stories on the sidelines. If in a matter of several days as many stories could go uncovered by the mainstream media, consider how many have been sacrificed over the years in the name of covering celebrity deaths weddings, breakdowns, and divorces which come without the social progress of Caitlin's debut. So, and, uh, this is a sad state of affairs. That is so true. So true. That was by anti-media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 This is interesting. A former GOP senator trashes the party's presidential field he says, it scares me to death. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, not ready for prime time. <laughs> it says, regardless of the actual feelings, politicians tend to praise their colleagues in public are a matter of decorum, especially those in the same political party. But that's why it's so surprising when former Senator Tom Coburn, uh, who served 10 years in the Senate in six years in the House of Representatives before retiring in January 2015, offered up candidly negative comments about the 2016 Republican presidential field. In an interview with conservative commentator Andrew Wilkow last week, Colburn trashed nearly every GOP running for president, calling them not ready for prime time, lacking integrity, not capable, and saying he wouldn't support one of them even if he won the nomination. Wilco announced, acknowledged the impact of Coburn's words, noting that once you retire, you can speak your mind in a way that might be different than if you were still sitting in the Senate. Uh, 
This is the interview which is here on this stage. Uh, yeah, and he says, uh, this is just a part of it, he says, Ron Paul uh, scares me to death on international foreign policy. Know him well. He's very smart. I think he was totally wrong on NSA. He didn't speak truthfully about what was actually the fact. I would not vote for him for president. Marco Rubio, all of that, all of that are out, all of, of all, all that, that are out there net right now. Probably my favorite. Oh my God! Yeah, who's this guy? We're we talking about. Oh, this guy is Tom Colburn, Republican from Oklahoma. Yeah. We can oh. we can play this. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Hear what he thinks about his. Joining us on the program right now is our our friend, uh, former Senator Tom Colburn. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? How you feeling? Uh, good. All right. Just asking. Um, ten declared candidates. Thirteen, if you count the undeclared. You're almost up to twenty if you take everyone in consideration. It's a lot of people. That's a lot of people, and not one of them's talking about the real problems facing the country. Well, Rick Perry's speech. You like Rick Perry's speech today? That was a really good speech. I didn't, I didn't hear his speech today, but. Uh, the problems that are facing the country is an unsustainable federal debt, a dishonesty in the accounting that the federal government uses, uh, a lack of a constitutional uh, a convention of the states to actually take power away from Washington. If we want to solve the problems that we have, you can't solve them with the people that are in Washington today. Convention of the reasons I left. I was going to give the uh, the website. Sorry, I stepped on your toes. There, conventionofstates.com. Do you think any of these? Um, Rick Santorum is talking about the the flat tax. I know Rand Paul uh, is open to the flat tax. Do you, do you think any of these guys are going to start talking, or Carly Fiorina are going to start talking about an Article Five convention, convention of the states? Well, I think they ought to. They all ought to have to answer. How are you, how are you going to solve the big problems in front of the country? You know, if you take our unfunded liability, and what the government said last year is our deficit was $480 billion. But our liabilities increased $6 trillion last year. So how did that happen? If we, only, if we only had a deficit of $500 billion, why did our debt go up $6 trillion? Because the government spends money it doesn't have? Because they don't account for it under generally accepted accounting principles. And they can tell us what we would like to hear, never mentioning the fact that we have $147 trillion worth of unfunded liabilities. Now, which presidential candidate is talking about that? Which one's talking about how do we solve this problem and keep our commitments to the seniors? And how do we not bury the millennial generation in the debt and the commitments that we've made? Well, the millennial generation voted for Barack Obama twice, not realizing that they were voting themselves into debt slavery. That's right. But so, so three things have to happen. One is is you gotta you gotta force generally accepted accounting principles on the government. Number two is you have to have a convention of the states to limit the role, scope, and sovereignty of the federal government and put it back in balance as it was intended to be. And that includes a balanced budget amendment. That includes term limits. That includes limits on bureaucracy and the rules that they can promulgate without our elected representatives agreeing to them. And then the, the final thing you have to do is you have to start communicating with this generation who comes out of college leaning hard left. Nobody's ever taught them about the realities of the financial picture they're getting ready to face. But they've, so, all, they've been taught to believe that government can solve all problems and crises, mitigate right. all boobs and busts. That's right. And where, where is our answer as fiscal conservatives and, and in a political midstream? You don't, not, you don't have to be hard right. Where is the answer to them to educate them otherwise? It's not out there. What you see is Upworthy and BuzzFeed. All of them are promoting the hard left progressive line to the millennial generation. Well, let, me, so let, let, let me start with some of that. Okay, let's see if I can start with you on some of that. Part of the problem, and tell me if I'm wrong here, is that we first have this word called wonk, and you see lots of people on TV who are seen as wonks, these are people that are supposedly the, the, the bearers of complicated legislation and government studies, and they're going to tell us to be reassured that we're doing things like servicing the debt. But if you're servicing the debt, but the debt's going up, you're not servicing anything. 
if you're making if you make a payment on your credit card, then you borrow that amount plus more. You haven't serviced anything. You've actually increased what you owed. But when you hear people blithely say, "We're servicing the debt right now. The debt's manageable. The debt's sustainable, but it's growing." So it's obvious, but if people just hear, "Well, we're servicing the debt." That sounds like the really smart people have figured out a way to manage our debt when, in fact, they haven't. Yeah, but my point is this, is if there's not a message from our particular viewpoint on this issue, and there is not right now to the millennial generation, then they're not ever going to learn what the truth is about where we are. And, you know, and, and, and all the politics of this, one of the things that comes down that's important is what are the real facts and what's the truth? The truth is, is the progressives think that the government should eventually control everything and make every decision for your life. That kills a productive society. Everybody knows that. I mean, you get Bernie Sanders running for president, an avowed socialist, and some people are clamoring all over and say, this is exactly what we need. Well, we've lost our spokesmen and spokespeople for what built this country. And made it great. All right, so personal responsibility and individual accountability and hard work. And guess what? You're not always going to get treated fair. Get over it. Put through some of the names here, then, because you say no one. Uh, you know, I've heard some statements from Rand Paul today um, from uh, Rick Perry. Let's start there. Rand Paul, what, what do you like? What do you don't like? Uh, scares me to death. International foreign policy. One, knowing well, uh, very smart. Um, uh, I think he was totally wrong on NSA. Uh, what didn't speak truthfully about what was. I think he was totally wrong on NSA. Uh, what? 13, if you count the undeclared. Okay. So, anyway, um, most of these guys are not qualified. And uh, this guy is a retired senator. U.S. senator says none of them are. So. You know, where do we go from there, right? Uh, uh, yeah. um, I got some more stuff here tonight that I wanted to talk about. And um, it's uh, we only got about eight minutes left. But this is probably the most cynical remark I've ever heard, you know, and it's from James Carvel. And I, I don't know if you want to hear, hear about this. But... The Clash Daily. This was in a recent interview that that James Carvel did. Well, he really was pretty nasty when he, he oh, he's like the, he's like the George Gorbals of 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 American uh, culture. You know. I don't was, know why anybody listens to him. Well, I'll tell you why. Listen. Okay, James Carvel says eighty percent of the Democrats are politically clueless. James Carvel, a Democrat political consultant extraordinaire and former Bill Clinton campaign manager, has astonishingly come out and said that all good Republicans have known for decades, not only are most Democrats politically clueless, they are easily manipulated by the puppet masters of their party as well. Wow, James freaking Carvel, of all people. Here's an excerpt as quoted on Amazon.com. Ideologies aren't all that's important. What's important is psychology. And the, the Democratic constituency is just like a herd of cows. All you have to do is lay out enough silage and they come running. <laughs> That's why I became an operative working with Democrats. With Democrats, all you have to do is make a, noise, a lot of noise, lay out the hay, and be ready to use the old cattle prod in case a few want to bolt the herd. Well, 80% of the people who call themselves Democrats, don't have a clue as to political reality. What amazes me is that you could take a group of people who are hard workers and convince them that they are should support social programs that were the exact opposite of their own personal convictions. Put a little fear here, and, there, and you can get people to vote any way you want. And the, the voter is basically dumb and lazy. The reason I became a Democrat operative instead of a Republican, was because they were more Democrats that didn't have a clue than there were Republicans. And truth is relative. Truth is what you can make the voter believe is the truth. If you're smart enough, 
truth is all of what you make the voters think it is. What, why? That's why I'm a Democrat. I can make the Democrat voter think whatever I want them to. What a piece of work this guy is, huh? Yeah. Anyway, that makes you sick. This makes you sick. Yes, it does. Yeah. I'll end on a good note. Right? Government is to forgive student loans at Corinthian College. It's kind of interesting. Huh. I don't figure that is. In a move against what he calls the ethics of payday lending in higher education, Secretary of Education Arne Duncan announced Monday that the Education Department would forgive the federal loans of tens of thousands of students who attended Corinthian Colleges, a for-profit college compared a company that closed and filed for bankruptcy last month amid widespread charges of fraud. Well, Mr. Duncan also said that the department planned to develop a process to allow any student, whether from Corinthians or elsewhere, be forgiven their loans if they have been defrauded by their colleges. Huh. A special master would be appointed within three weeks, department officials said, to correct or rather to create procedures to apply for the relief that are durable, not just to, for Corinthians, but beyond. And ta- taxpayers could pay a huge price for forgiving so many federal loans, and the government has never before opened debt relief to such a potential large pool of residents. The department estimate that all 350,000 Corinthian students over the last five years applied for and received the debt relief that cost alone could be as much as $3.5 billion. In a new conference call on Monday afternoon, Mr. Duncan emphasized the plight of a student of students who took on huge debt and ended up with a degree that meant little to employers or no degree at all. And you have uh, to be made of stone not to feel for these students. That's terrible. Some of these students have brought the ethics of payday lending to higher education. Mm -hmm. He added that this is our first major action on this, but obviously it won't be the last. And where students are have been defrauded by their colleges, Dr. Duncan said he was committed to making sure they received all the relief they were entitled to under the law. Good for him. We will make the claim process as easy as possible for them, including by considerable claims in groups wherever possible and hold institutions accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. I want to ask the president of the Institute of College Access um, and success, praise the department's move, it's important, and it's news, and it means the department is recognizing that students defrauded by Corinthian and other unscrupulous for college colleges deserve relief. <coughs> no. But not everyone praised to the plan. Um, but it's kind of a long, long article, but I, I suggest you want to go to it and read more about it. Go to uh, the New York Times. Government to forgive student loans at Corinthian colleges. Interesting article. I don't know where Corinthian colleges are. New York, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. That's really Must uh, be one, more than one. Corinthian colleges for profit company. Corinthian hmm. colleges for profit company that closed. Huh. So Corinthian colleges. creditors of printing college including students. A little hope of recovery because the company has two assets. Uh,
Yes, you are. All right. So good night, everyone. Good night, folks. Have a good evening.